Hello and welcome to the Royal Blue Podcast, where we like to talk about all things championship football and, of course, our beloved Birmingham City. It's been a hectic final weekend before the international break. Uh, <laughs> it's a slightly truncated episode today. We're going to do our best to cover. Uh, we've picked out five or six fixtures um, from the league to discuss with you today. Uh, and, of course, we will also look at Birmingham's game against Reading. There's been some crazy results. Last-minute winners, uh, form book being thrown out the window with teams in, on long, long, um, terrible runs all of a sudden getting wins. Um, yeah, there's there's a lot there's a lot for us to get into, uh, so we're not going to have too long our intro. Uh, Joe, how are you today? Are you feeling good? I'm feeling I'm feeling okay. Relatively optimistic, despite the result for Blues. Um, and yeah, there are some there are some big games and uh, big results that we need to talk about. Absolutely, and uh, yeah, the international break perhaps coming at a good time for Birmingham. We'll be That's discussing good. all of that uh, later in the show, uh, and we'll be back with our championship roundup after this. So let's get straight into it then. Uh, Coventry, Joe's favourite team, <laughs> as has been much <laughs> spoken about. Uh, they pulled a result out of the bag here. It was the battling 10-man Coventry City that twice came from behind to snatch a dramatic 92nd-minute winner against Bristol City in the Championship. The host missed a flurry of first-half chances before Ian Matson's red card for a foul inside the area led to Chris Martin's opener from the spot for the visitors. Coventry replied via a penalty of their own from Matt Godden before Andreas Weiman tapped into an empty net to restore the Robins' lead. It was Callum O'Hare that fired in a second leveller before teammate Godden sealed victory at the death as Coventry remained fourth in the table after 17 games played. What a run they're on. What a result that is, uh, being uh, down to 10 men for an, over half of football there um, and keeping the Robins at bay. Um, what did you make of this one, Joe? Um, well, I think it's a poor result for Bristol City. You know, they took the lead through through the penalty. I haven't seen any of the action, so I, but I, I think it's safe to presume that that red card led to the penalty. Uh, and then the cold play lead singer slotted home from 12 yards. Um, that's Chris Martin for anyone who wasn't aware. <laughs> <laughs> um, then, uh, well, so then Coventry levelled through a penalty and then Bristol took the lead again. And then Coventry turned it around, which included a late winner from Matt Godden, who scored the first penalty for Coventry as well. So I'm talking about Bristol, because obviously I'm not going to talk about Coventry as much as, as maybe I should. Um, I think that it is it's an awful result. And I think that, that, that this is the kind of result, you know, you look at them now in the league, 19th, Losing that game the way they did to to because Coventry controlled the game even with ten men they had mm. more of the ball and they were they sustained more pressure yes they were behind for spells of that but you I would expect the bare minimum from my team if I'm a, if I've got a man up is to control the game and Craig Pearson's men didn't it is Craig Pearson isn't it it's Nigel Michael Pearson, Pearson. Um, Nigel Pearson I think is in trouble. Mm. I think, I think the, 
the international break for Bristol City, I think there'll be a couple of very serious meetings at Ashton Gate talking about the future of the club in the short term. And I am not convinced that Nigel Pearson will be at the helm come Christmas if they mm. keep going this way. Well, their form has been poor. The only win they've had in their last five was over Barnsley, which, looking at the table, looks like quite an important win. Um, mm. <laughs> um, yeah. And it's also nothing country... to ride home about, right? Plenty of people have beaten no. Barnsley this season. It's not a... Yeah, yeah, true, true. And the, the other thing is that this is a commentary team that, not to say they've, they've fallen out of form, but they've they've certainly sort of that that early. Uh, I don't want to say the M word because I know I'll have to uh, put an extra another pound. Have in you the put jar. that? Have you put that first pound in? Have you? I haven't put the first pound in. No, I'm hoping that you forget about it. I shouldn't have brought it up, really. No, you um, shouldn't have. Do we? Do we have? <laughs> do we even have a jar yet? We don't have a jar yet. Um, yeah. We'll have to. We'll have to get in the company expenses and see if we can find <laughs> get, some money for we'll get a jar. Get, <laughs> get a piggy that. bank or something. Um, but Coventry's form hasn't been great recently. Um, you know, there's just a one win in five. We know at home they're better, but they did lose last time out at home to Swansea. So th- this felt to me like an opportunity for Bristol to try to get something, especially when they're a man up. That This is an opportunity to get something from the game, a point that could be a springboard um, for them this season. I think you're absolutely right. It's going to be a long couple of weeks uh, for Pearson uh, as the manager of the Robins, a very, very tough defeat to take. Yeah, it, it really was. And uh, I think that because Co- Coventry, very briefly on Coventry, I, have, I do have to talk about them. Um, they are they are six points. Uh, sorry, they, yeah, they're six points clear of QPR in sixth. Um, I, have I got an out of date? Have I got an out of date table here? Because my, my numbers look different. You might do. I've got QPR on 26 points and Coventry on 30. Um. I don't know what your table says. Yeah, yeah, sorry. So, yeah, Coventry on 30 points in fourth place. And then I've got yep. Blackburn in seventh on 26. QPR is sixth because of goal difference. Okay, I think my table goes off head-to-head. Uh, that's interesting. Um, Has there been no, a rule change that I don't know about? <laughs> I've got I've got QPR with a superior goal difference on my table. Four, four, goal difference of plus four and Blackburn is plus two. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's why I, I'm why I mentioned Blackburn because obviously they're in seventh outside of the playoffs. Yeah. So okay. See. So, oh. They've, okay. Got, they've got a four point oh, yeah. cushion they've if you four, like. The, yeah. Either way, it doesn't make a difference. No. They've no, got no. that four point cushion to 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 like we said about Bournemouth when they had their wobble just you know just in midweek losing the game remaining top of the table kick up the ass and talking mm-hmm. of Bournemouth should we move on to Bournemouth now? Yeah. Let's I've brought them up it. now. So Bournemouth. Uh, needed a result they needed to, to overturn their midweek it's not wasn't a midweek humiliation against Preston but they lost their unbeaten run and yeah they, a bit they of a shock. To, yeah they needed to respond and mm. uh, well did they do it in style they welcomed the swans to the vitality and they smashed them 4-0 uh, Dominic Solanke brace and a uh, Jaden Anthony brace which included a 94th minute uh, well didn't make a difference to the result but Nice for the goal difference. Uh, nice Alex. to Philip Billing assist as well for Solanke. Yes, <laughs> we love a Philip Billing assist. Yeah. Um, it was, I mean, it was uh, back to Bournemouth's regularly scheduled programming, was it not? Uh, definitely. Um, two sides, actually. And this is quite an impressive one to bounce back and to win so emphatically for, for the Cherries. 
Swansea were in good form. I mean, their only loss in the last five was against Blues. Um, <laughs> so they, they were they would have been up for this. Um, you know, they, they got a great win last time out, as I mentioned, at Coventry, who've got a very good home record. So they, they would have felt like they could have could have come. It's not called the Gold Sands. It's vital. What, what is it now in Bournemouth? It's not the Gold Sands Stadium anymore. The Vitality Stadium. Vitality. It's sponsored by Vitality. That's you know, that weird sausage dog Um They'd have felt like they could have got something. Um, but <laughs> Bournemouth were in, were in not in charitable mood, shall we say. It's uh, a dominant performance. Um and Bournemouth look good value for, for being on top of, of the league. I mean, they've had that wobble in midweek, but this response is it, it, that tells you the what they're about. I think. I have a quick question, right? Oh God, don't uh, ask me questions. It's on. It's on Scott Parker. Okay, Scott Parker. Yeah. So I put the villa- throw him in a cardigan. <laughs> How did you know that's what I was going to ask? Eh? <laughs> anyway, uh, no, I think so. Scott Parker. Yeah, there's a couple of managerial vacancies in the Premier League, and the yeah. biggest one at the moment, because the Newcastle one's been filled, is probably them, them, them people down the road. Yeah, Villa, mm-hmm. right? And he's not going to leave Bournemouth midway through the season. The season they're having, they look like they're going to get promoted. He'll probably be at Bournemouth until they mess up next year and he gets sacked. Something like that. Year, yeah, that right? seems realistic. Yeah. Um, would he be a good? Because he's. You know, Bournemouth have got a lot of quality, probably got more quality than any other team in the championship bar Fulham. Mm-hmm. Um, how would he fare in the Premier League with a team like Aston Villa? Oh, dear. Now, there's a question. I think it's, it's you're sort of coming in at a time when to Aston Villa where clearly things have started to go wrong they've not had great results recently they've obviously lost Grealish to Man City and all that money's come in and they've tried to replicate that by bringing in the likes of Danny Ings um, Emiliano Buendia and uh, uh, Bailey from uh, Leverkusen yeah Yeah. they've tried to to plug the gap in terms of numbers but it's finding how you, you know Bringing in three or four players to replace one—it's it's how you you fit them into that that piece of the puzzle and how you find the right formation. We know it's been much talked about how how Buendia has not been utilised properly, and now that things are on the turn, I think it's it's a very different type of challenge to coming into a Bournemouth side to have a clear objective, um, know that they are better than a lot of teams in the league, and they then they know that this is all about just getting back to the Premier League. Um, I, Clearly, Scott Parker is a good manager. He did a good he did a good job of getting Fulham promoted when um, a couple of years back. Struggled a bit to keep them in the league, although we can talk about the, the games where they player decisions let them down and you can Some go penalties like last minute. Yeah, penalty. I remember that last minute penalty. I can't remember who it was. I think it was Adamola um, Luckman, wasn't Luckman it? Luckman against West Ham, and he just <laughs> done the worst Penenka penalty. He's at Leicester now. How, he's got a good agent, I think. Yeah, he's got a fantastic agent. He went from Fulham <laughs> to wasn't he? So he was at Everton. He managed to get a move to Leipzig without even playing. Then yeah. Leipzig didn't want him, so he was loaned. He was loaned a few times to Fulham and a couple of other clubs. And now he's at on. I think he's still on loan at Leicester. Yeah, it's Mental. crazy that. But but it's it's those kind of moments that that you look back and think that Fulham perhaps if those moments go the other way for them, then they might have had a chance. These are these are sort of, you know, it's crying over spilt milk. It's already happened. Yeah. But I, I just feel like if I was Scott Parker right now, I wouldn't even give it a second thought. I would stay at Bournemouth. You know, what, what they've got going there, that, that I don't want to say the M word again. If you get promoted um, and you walk the league, the walk the championship, 
you and they've got every chance of going up and 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 there's probably four or five teams in the bottom of the Premier League. You feel like they could really give them a, give them a good game and oh, yeah, get definitely. some points on the board and and you know try to solidify themselves in that sort of lower mid table area of, of the Prem. So for him, give it another year or two. Bournemouth will probably be in a similar position as Villa anyway. Um, is my take. I see Scott Parker having this, a similar kind of projection in terms of managerial status as Graham Potter. Because mm. I don't think there's any denying anymore that Graham Potter isn't a phenomenal manager. He's the real this, deal. This is a championship podcast. I just wanted to pose that question because I've been super impressed by Because obviously he was at Fulham. He yeah. walked away from Fulham and went to Bournemouth, which on paper looks like a strange decision. Fulham have got, on paper again, more quality, maybe you could argue there's some, you know, it's up for debate, but I think yeah. we both believe Fulham have more quality mm. uh, and I think maybe more depth, more quality in depth. Yeah, I think um, so. I think so. So what, what Parker's doing is is brilliant. Um, Fulham beat Peterborough. We're not going to talk about that game too much, but Fulham... But we should mention that Mitrovic is on to 20 goals, Mitrovic as you mentioned in our goals. pre-match, yeah. uh, our pre-recording. Uh, yeah, in our little yeah. briefing. That's um, twenty goals at this stage. In November. It's just mad. We're not even halfway through November. It's 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 absolutely crazy. And it, do you know what? I do worry about him though because I think he'll get up to the Premier League. He won't do it in the Premier League, and he'll just be a perennial Championship striker. Nothing wrong with that, but it, it can't be good for your confidence when you do it at one level and you can't do it at the next. And because he's almost too good for the championship, but also he's he's never shown to be good enough at the Premier League. He's still young. Mm. He's not. He's not. You know, he's probably. I can't imagine he's older than twenty six. He feels like he's been around forever, but I know what you mean. He's... I don't think he's that old, personally. But um, yeah, Fulham continue uh, their 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 positive run of form and twenty seven. Close... Mitrovic is sorry. He's twenty seven. So, you know, he's in his prime now. He's still got a good four or five years of the way that he plays. Absolutely, yeah, because he doesn't rely on his pace. He relies on his physicality most of the time and his his phenomenal reading of the game. Yeah, yeah. Um, Anyway, let's go to the other end of the table quickly. Uh, I'm going to, first of all, we're going to talk about Cardiff. Yeah, go for it. If you don't mind. So, Cardiff uh, beat Huddersfield. Finally, a win. So massive win City. First and win it, in 11 games. It is absolutely huge. That's huge. That is phenomenal. And uh, I've got to say, so who's their manager now? Steve Morrison? Something like Steve that. Steve Morrison, Morrison is, is caretaker manager. manager, yeah. So um, get him in the job full time. What a win. It's, well, you look <laughs> at the table. That, that is a huge win, though, because that moves on to 15 points. Hull are on 12 in 20 seconds. So... They needed that three points. If they wouldn't have got that three points, they would now be in the bottom three on goal difference. So it, that's a big win, and they've they've got to they've got to use this as a platform now. Cardiff should not be where they are, not with the squad they have. I don't know what went wrong with Big Mick McCarthy. <laughs> I thought if they started so well. I thought they were going to be a bit of a one of those really awkward physical teams this season, just scoring one nil as set pieces would be horrible to play against. But they just unravelled it. But but now. The constant they have to concentrate on getting up the league, pulling away from that, that bottom three, and, and what better way to do it than getting a win like that over Huddersfield, by the way, who have themselves been having a great season so far. Of course, I mean, you mentioned Huddersfield, they went ahead uh, through uh, Daniel C- uh, Sinani, I think that's how it's said. Sinani, Sinani, Daniel Sinani, Sinani. Pernini. Um, <laughs> 
<laughs> in the early on in the twelfth minute. Uh, but the South Wales outfit turned it around with Kiefer Moore scoring a 74th minute equaliser and a 93rd minute winner. I can only imagine the scenes uh, for the for any fans that had actually stuck it out and been there for that long for Cardiff City. But uh, it, it, must like it was been... a miserable afternoon as well, like rain, yeah, horrible, miserable been... afternoon. But I, I reckon that probably suited the way that Cardiff wanted to play, to be honest. Yeah. Um, we know Kiefer Moore's a big man. They're probably looking for long balls. I don't, I haven't. Um, I haven't seen any footage of any of the games actually this weekend at all, including the Blues game, other than you Hogan's what? goal. I've seen Hogan's goal. Um, and I have seen one thing, uh, a Harley Dean mistake uh, <laughs> that we'll, oh, we'll, we'll get to. It was it was quite funny. Um, anyway, so that, yeah, that that does give Cardiff um, a three, point, three points above Hull now, who we'll talk about in a minute. Um, but more than just the fact that it's three points on the board, uh, it's a win for them. It's a, it's finally a positive result. Yeah. Um, and you can see them still kicking on a bit and still pushing to just be kind of, you know, mid-table, lower mid-table and comfortable as the season goes on. They're a team that I look at and I think over Christmas, a couple of, couple of results go your way, a couple of lucky fortunate decisions suddenly you know they're, they're mid-table and uh and no one no one even considers them a threat going down you know mm. i think anyway um obviously you had cardiff finishing in your top six didn't you <laughs> i did uh, i will I, I will bring that up at, i mean i i had Coventry, well. i had coventry going down as well so let's not we just need to swap coventry and cardiff, cardiff. And yeah. suddenly, suddenly, it's all looking rosy. They both begin mm. with C. We could probably, you know, wouldn't have to work too hard. To it's my poor it. handwriting. I'd actually written uh, Coventry, not Cardiff. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Whatever you say. They both wear blue. Different shades of yeah. it. But they both yeah, wear blue. yeah. Well, I don't know. Maybe there's a certain type of colour blindness where you easily can't tell confused. The we're easily, if you can't tell, we're very simple people. Yeah. Um, but let's stay down the bottom of the table, as we mentioned, the whole city. They played Barnsley in what we earmarked as the most important game of the weekend. Um, tell the fans, if we have any fans, what happened? Well, it was it's a mixed week for Barnsley, but we'll, we'll have a little chat about them in more depth shortly. It was Hull City that ended a run of five successive championship defeats as their first away goal since the opening day of the season gave them victory at fellow strugglers Barnsley. It was George Honeyman that put the Tigers ahead by slotting home the rebound after Tykes keeper Brad Collins had prevented a deflection off Jasper Moon from finding the net for an own goal. Barnsley beat Derby in midweek after a run of seven losses in a row, which was a huge win, but their hopes of a second victory since the departure of former head coach Marcus Shop came to nothing in a disappointing performance. It was Nathan Baxter making his first league start in goal for Hull, who kept out a couple of Callum Britton shots, but was never seriously tested. And Keen Lewis Potter made the point safe with the second after being played in by Honeyman. A mixed week for Barnsley. They beat Derby and then they lose to, Bar- to, to Hull. I can't, I can't talk properly. <laughs> it's, all, it's all too exciting, Alex. There's too much going on. But uh, uh, I see where you're coming from. It's a... Uh... It was a huge result against Derby to keep them off the foot of the table. Mm. Uh, there's no doubt in that. Derby this weekend drew, I think, with 10 men. Pretty good. I don't think we're going to talk about the Derby game. No, but, they um, drew with Millwall, yeah. Uh, 
but they, they're still five points clear, I think, of Derby, but it does push them adrift mm. of safety. It re- and it, it's it, for Hull, this was a game that, that you look at and you think Hull have to win this. If Hull don't win this, I think they're going down. Yeah. Um, they still, you know, both of them, Hull and Barnsley, are still well, well in danger. You know, you look at every team will be looking at them thinking we should be getting points off of them. Mm. It's, it is a precarious situation to be in. Mm. But uh, they were they were fine. They, they, they were, they're on the day against Barnsley, they, they rose to the occasion. Hopefully, because I quite like Hull, I'm not going to lie, I, I do quite like Hull. Um, obviously, I remember them in the Premier League because um, when I was first getting into football, they were a Premier League team. So that's, that's how I've associated them. Mm. Um, and it's uh, so it is a shame to see them see them where they are, but uh, hopefully this this will be the start of a of a bit of a survival fight. Yeah, from both of them, I think. But I, I can't mm. see Barnsley. I can see it in Hull, but I can't see it in Barnsley. No. I, I can just see Barnsley just drifting away mm. and, and 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 struggling. But uh, yeah, that that was it, wasn't it? The, the two games were a real chance for Barnsley to, and I think we talked about it when we recorded a, a week or two ago. The two games, the, the game against Derby and the game against Hull, huge huge opportunity for Barnsley to to really to, to start to 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 build some confidence, try to to get themselves closer to that dotted line. A win and a loss leaves them still in the mire. Cardiff and Peterborough both on 15 points, three points above Hull in 22nd. A three-point gap feels like a lot when you're down the bottom of the table. Um, uh, it's it's tricky. Part of me still feels like Derby are going to find a way, but I'm I'm starting to worry, as you mentioned, I think when we recorded last time, I start to worry that injuries and the, that small squad, uh, a squad with not much depth, is that going to start to take its toll? The performances have started to turn a little bit. They're still scrapping and, and getting draws, but they need wins. Uh, so that it's difficult. It's difficult. Part of me thinks that there's still going to be some twists here. I could see Peter getting sucked in, uh, but I think Cardiff are going to start to pull away. Um, it's between those four teams for me, as it stands. Um, so basically, one of them teams. Of them, of them four, Derby, Barnsley, Hull, and Peterborough. What what you're saying is, only one of them is going to survive. Mm-hmm. You don't see another team being dragged into it. I can see Bristol being dragged into it. To be yeah. honest, Maybe, uh, yeah. I can even see teams like Preston being dragged into it. Whoa, um, I know, right? Preston are on 21 points. They they look uh, they look like they should be pretty safe from our criticism, but they're not. Not after the performance on the weekend. They played Nottingham Forest. And they lost 3-0, a comfortable win uh, at the city ground for the home side. Uh, And by all accounts, it was a really poor performance from Preston. From everything that I've read, everything I've seen, they went behind through uh, to a Lewis Crabham penalty. Apparently, it's a debatable one. uh, Mm. But I've got that from Preston fans, so that's got to be taken with an inch of salt. Yeah. Um, uh, And then Jack Colback, who hadn't scored in a very long time, scored against QPR and scored again against Preston. Yeah. Uh, that, so it was 2-0 at half-time and then the Lewis Graben goal in the, the ginger pillow? I thought the ginger pillow is Ryan Woods, isn't it? Or is it Ryan Jack Woods is ginger pillow. <laughs> Don't <laughs> take that away from Ryan. It's, it's, it's a good point, actually, talking about Preston North End. Um, 
they'd actually picked up a little bit. They looked, especially you think about they they won at Bournemouth in midweek. What a huge massive, confidence massive that. booster that is. They'd beaten Luton before that. Um, travelled to Anfield in the cup before that and were beaten 2 0. But there's the I'm uh, sorry, they hosted Liverpool, I should say, and were beaten 2 0. There's no shame in that. But but this is a side that's clearly had had a bit of confidence going into this game. Forest, on the other hand, won the back of they got smashed 4 0 by Fulham. Uh, drew away at QPR, which is a decent point, but then drew at home to Sheffield United, a side that still uh, aren't, haven't really found their feet fully yet. This looked to me like Preston could have got something, but no, Forrest came out of the blocks. Uh, Graben was in the mood. Yeah, a good win for Steve Cooper's men. Um, that sort of early manager uh, bounce had, had seemed to have faded, but this is a good way to get back on track. Um, and they continue to climb the table. Forest now up to 22 points, only four points behind sixth place QPR. Forest are becoming part of the conversation. Well, it's interesting that you mentioned that, right? Because you, you say they're only six, only only four points off sixth. I know what you're so going to say. Blues. So are Blues. <laughs> <laughs> there are a lot of teams. There are a lot of teams that listen. Are, uh, not Reading, far. who are in 16th, are only they're so they're ten places away. They're only six points off QPR. Four uh, only four points, sorry. Off yeah. Four points. Ten, four points. Ten, it can all ten. change in two weeks. In two weeks. It can't. Two weeks, and suddenly we can be talking about a team who's close to the relegation zone being promoted to the Premier League. It is absolutely insane. And that is why I'm so excited about the Christmas period. After this, because it's the last international break of the year now, finally. Um, so after this, we have just basically eight weeks, really, until the new year of like, and, and a couple of weeks into the new year, of course, where it is just hammer and tong, go for it. You know, absolutely full throttle. Of course, you've got to manage your squad and manage the way you play. But, you, you know, go for it all out. And you, you, you could shoot up the table out of nowhere. You know, because you also mentioned, you know, we've got Fulham, who are only, they're, they're six points clear of West Brom. Uh, you know, Coventry and West Brom have a couple of good games. Fulham get a couple of injuries, slip up, don't know what to do, a couple of poor results. <clears throat> Suddenly, you're looking at West Brom and Coventry at the automatic promotion places. It's absolutely incredible. So I'm glad you brought that up. I was going to bring, I was going to bring, find a way to bring that up later in the show, but <laughs> you've done it now. Um, mm. So, yeah. So what do we think then? Do we think Preston are in trouble? Uh, I wouldn't I'd be, be ringing any alarm bells just yet, but, but it, it, I just don't know how you can can go to someone like Bournemouth, get a win like that, and then be so timid at Nottingham Forest. Um, that that is a concern. Um, but international break time for you know time to take stock and, and go again. Um, no, I, I think there's other sides I'd worry about before Preston personally. Um, but we'll see. Frankie McAvoy at Preston. Is he is he that familiar with the with the league? There are question marks there, maybe. So it's yeah, it's an interesting one. It's an interesting one, definitely. We'll see how we go. We will. And Preston are well, they are ahead of one of the uh, one a team that I certainly earmark as a uh, favourite to to be promoted. Sheffield United, um, of course, their former manager uh, Wilder. He is back in a job at uh, at Middlesbrough. Uh, who who drew this weekend? I think Middlesbrough. Yeah, was that, they drew was at that West, the Derby game? West Brom, or was yeah. that the West Brom game? That's a good result actually for Middlesbrough. Um, mm. Well done to to to. What's 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 Wilder's first name? Chris. 
Chris. I was going to say Deontay. Then. Yeah, I was about to say Deontay was all I had in my head. That's why I had to ask. Deontay Wilder is now manager of Middlesbrough. <laughs> uh, but uh, let's talk about his former team, Sheffield United. They lost to Blackburn Rovers. Ben Broughton Diaz was on the score sheet uh, again. <clears throat> player, take away Alexander Mitrovic. He's the player. He's, he's the best player in the championship. I'm saying it here now. Um, true, yeah. Uh, Sheffield United actually took a very, very early lead against Blackburn Rovers in the second minute through uh, Rian Brewster. Uh, hasn't really ever gotten going for Sheffield United, has he? He was fantastic for Swansea yeah, in the championship. He was. Scott's an absolute fan, isn't he? I mean, listen, let's not forget, Sheffield United paid, I think, what, £35 million pounds for Rian Brewster? Was that how much he cost? Something like that. Hell. It was a lot of money. It was definitely north of... 25 mm. million Jeez. north of 25. Um, I think, it, but I, I seem to remember 35. Mm. I think it was 30 million, and there was like some add ons and stuff, yeah, yeah. performance based add ons appearance. I suppose it's partly because he's of his age and the fact he was young, he was like Liverpool 19 when he went to him. Sheffield United. Yeah. And anyway, so, um, but Blackburn Rovers turned it around. What's Blackburn Rovers' home ground called? Ewood Park, Ewood Park, uh, Ewood Park got rocking. After uh, Radar Kadira or Kadra? <laughs> I saw that Kadra. I was like, is that Kadira? Kadira, Sorry, Kadira. I just read. Um, he, he equalized and uh, it was level at half time before Brereton Diaz. Uh, <laughs> it still comes up as Ben Brereton on mm. uh, on Google. So I'm doing anyway. a disrespect there. He's Chile's name, he's man. Chilean. Uh, yes, but uh, he he put Blackburn ahead. On the hour mark, who else was it going to be? And then Perveda on the 70th minute sealed the points. Uh, what's Blackburn's nickname as well? Rovers for the Rovers? Is that it? Yeah, just they, Rovers. They, they uh, not have a nickname. I mean, like to, the... to, to bounce back though from the 7 0 drubbing from, yeah. from Fulham that Fulham gave them to come back and, yeah, we, as we say, Sheffield United were still not 100% sure on yet. We don't really know what to mm. expect from them. Are they going to turn a corner? Or are they just going to middle for, for the season? But to bounce back in this way, score three goals, come back from an early setback like that in the game where Brewster took the, uh, gave the players the lead in in the second minute. It's it's a really good way to just right that run, get back on the right track ahead of the international break. So I think that's really a really really good result for Blackburn. Yeah, it's huge. Um, I've not really got too much to say on it. I think looking at the table, looking at the form, you kind. I mean, yes, Blackburn just lost seven nil, uh, but you kind of expected that result really. Um, that kind of result anyway between Blackburn and Sheffield so unless there's any other games in this section that you want to talk about I think we should probably wrap it up because we are against the clock as always we are indeed yes we'll move on to the uh, Birmingham City section of the show after this very short break Welcome back to the Royal Blue Podcast. Um, we're going to get straight into the final section of the show now where we will analyse Blues, uh, their latest game against Reading. Um, I wish I wish we could, could have just got to the international break. Even a draw would have been nice, just to, yeah. to keep that little bit of form going. Uh, but no, we lost 2-1 two, uh, two, to Reading. Um, it wasn't just that. There were also problems in the ground, so the game kicked off half an hour late. Electrical faults. <laughs> I don't know what is going on. This isn't a normal week at this at this bloody football club. Um, 
It was Jamari Clark's uh, second half double uh, that gave Reading uh, the win. They fought back to beat us at St Andrews. Um, they, they'd lost four games in a row before this Reading. This is why I was confident yeah. and thought we'd beat him. Um, after a delay, oh, to be fair, I said, I said, I said, I didn't feel great. I said a one-all draw. So <laughs> approaching, taken approaching, approaching the 80th minute, I was thinking, buddy, oh, am I actually going to get a prediction about Blues of Right? Because <laughs> uh, it, it doesn't happen very often. No. Um, Not going to happen. Not going to happen. But, yeah, that, that that I mean, you mentioned something quite interesting to me. If we had kicked off on time. <laughs> and all the goals that happened at the same time on the clock, as in uh, like yeah. the same actual time rather than yeah. uh, in game, uh, we would have won one nil because both of their goals came in in, in after the last half an hour. Exactly. Um, so you know, so blame I'm, the bloody electricians. Whoever's I'm in charge taking... of the electricity, <laughs> Andrews. This one's on you. I'm taking that as a win, mate. <laughs> <laughs> I'm gonna just yeah. I'm gonna type out a different version of the table. Yeah, that's yep. 100% done. Easy as that. So, um, the, in terms of the performance, by all, it, by all accounts, it was uh, somewhat of an even game. As expected, Reading had more of the ball. Um, but both teams kind of played the way you'd expect them to play. Hogan's early goal was well taken. And mm. um, Blues did control the game fairly nicely until Reading equalised. How many times have we said that? Mm. Uh, not only while we've been doing this podcast, but for years and years before um it does get a bit repetitive at times i suppose but yeah it was reading's substitute that made all the difference um let's keep positive though because it was a, it was a yeah. good performance until it, mm. you know in, until it kind of fell apart um some youngsters to talk about yeah yeah um, definitely i want to talk about okay i don't is he actually mark roberts brother uh, but it's mitchell roberts no they're um, not related it, I mean, it's a hell of a coincidence then. <laughs> it is um, a hell of a coincidence, yeah. He, uh, so Just because they're he, a player doesn't mean they're playing the, the same position or the same... Bit... Same position, same initial and same last name. Um, <laughs> do you reckon he can... Do you reckon he cloned Mitchell, Mark Roberts. Do you reckon, yeah, of all the players to clone. Uh, <laughs> do you reckon he's got the long throw? That'd be pretty funny. Mate, that'd be, that'd be sick. So we've got two of those epic long throwers. That'd be amazing. That'd be, that would be pretty fun. Um but anyway, uh, he made was that his debut for Blues? I think it was. Yeah. Um, that was his competitive debut for Blues uh on the left side of centre back. Uh he first made his debut this uh, this year uh in League Two for Harrogate Town. Mm. Um that I mean, while it's good to see us bringing through some young players, we'll talk about Marcel Oakley and a couple of the boys on the bench as well, Jordan James and Remy Walker. Does it go to show? Because obviously, huge, it was huge that we're missing George Friend from that game. In fact, that's yeah. probably why we lost the game. I think him and Sanderson missing. Him and Dion Sanderson. It's, it's caused chaos at the back. I it, think. it absolutely hasn't. And Harley Dean, <laughs> there was one, it didn't lead to a goal, right? That's the best thing I can say about it. But there, there was one, there's like a little clip that someone, I think someone took it on their phone and it was on, I think it was on Twitter or something. I don't mm. even know how I managed to see it. Um, but like he kind of, he tried to pass the ball to Marcel Oakley, right? But Oakley had already made a run, like as in he wanted it to be played kind of almost over the top, over basically. The top, yeah. But by the time Dean had seen it, it was too late and he played it to feet to just 
to like directly to a Reading player. And then in the recovery, he like scissored them down <laughs> uh, and, and picked up his yellow card. Um, anyway, completely unnecessary. Yellow yeah, just completely. Yeah, completely know, unnecessary. For a centre back as well. Exactly. 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 Um, which maybe gives you an insight as to who's going to be my stinker. Um, <laughs> anyway. Uh, so yeah, uh, Remy Walker on the bench, of course, Jordan James, uh, where wearing the number 19 shirt, which is a pretty, um, high squad, pretty, well, sorry, pretty low squad number, mm-hmm. um, high up the ranking, high up the ranking squad number is the, mm-hmm. is what I thought in my head, um, for a young man made his debut midweek. He didn't come on Marcel Oakley, uh, making oh, his first mention. Yeah. I was going to say Marcel Oakley came in. I actually thought Oakley had an all right game. No, because we, we saw him in preseason and he looked, mm-hmm. he looked very good in preseason. I have to say, and he played against Fulham, didn't he? he um, Fulham in the cup, in the cup. Um, where he didn't look completely out of place because of maybe it was uh, against Fulham. So um, that right-hand side, we've talked about it, plenty of times how much cover is there for Maxime Collan of course we brought in uh, Jordan Graham who uh, really has been excellent there and I think and he, he was we missed miss. him as well he he, I think miss. he was a big miss as well mm. um, but with Marcel Oakley as tertiary cover mm. that's uh, pretty good maybe maybe we look at left back and we start to question the cover there yeah. um, of course you know uh, Pedersen is another person missing at the back at the moment mm. You, you just think, you know, the injury problems are stacking up. Yeah. Um, you know, a lot. Ryan Woods came on uh, finally. And of course, Big Shucks came on. Um, of course. Of course he did. See, see, I look at the subs that came on. We obviously went through because Shucks and Eke and Lukas Djukovic came on. But Hogan and Dini both didn't come off. So yeah. we ended the game with four recognised strikers on the pitch. Dini, Hogan... Djokovic and, and Neki. Mm. Um, right, but Riley McGree had come off. So we had mm. no one creating for him. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, we're not going to go into that right now. Uh, we've got nothing to preview because we'll preview in the next game. Uh, we are against the clock, as I said. So should we should we just uh hurry this section up a little bit? This is going to be a shorter section. Um, over the weekend, uh, me and Alex with a couple of mates, we went, we went out. We had a we had a great time at a, <laughs> a Don Broco gig. For anyone who doesn't listen to Don Broco, give him a listen. Also, Don Broco sponsor us, please. <laughs> we'll wear we'll wear them dinosaur t shirts. Yeah. Oh, or we'll we'll, or we'll get them football t shirts. We'll, we'll... Oh, Man United fans aren't they? Or at least some whatever. Uh, I think I think that Rob is. I think I think Rob is. I don't think Cy. I don't think anyone else. I don't think I think one of them isn't a football fan. I think oh, right. I think it's Cy, but don't quote me on that. Mm. Anyway, it doesn't matter. Um, so, yeah, yeah. We, we we had a bit of a a, a night out. We um, did, we did. So, so you know, the, this section isn't going to be as long as normal. Uh, so let's do stars and stinkers. Yeah. Um, and then what else do we need to do? Anything else? I think we do stars and stinkers. Then we'll, we'll we need to just plug the socials, and then of course we can we'll record. Okay. Well, there will be another. Th- we'll we'll put our heads together and. and Come up with something interesting to do for the next one. We can do a bit of a preview, of course, for for the yeah, of course, the return of the championship. A little bit of a preview, but I, th- I would like to do. Maybe mm. we could have a look at uh, where where Blues need to strengthen a couple of transfer targets. But we'll yeah. talk about that off air, and we'll mm-hmm. we'll uh, we'll bring that show to you uh, next week at some point. So, yeah. 
Stars and stinkers. One star, one stinker. Well, if you, I mean, you've already said who you. Well, my yeah, my stinkers, stinker. my stinker is Harley Dean. Um, didn't have a great game, and uh, of course he made that mistake, unnecessary yellow card. Um, correct me if I'm wrong. I could be completely wrong. Maybe that, it, it, maybe he done. Maybe it wasn't his fault. But that's what I saw. Uh, so yeah, he's my stinker. As for my star. Uh, I'm actually going to go for another centre back. I'm, I'm, I know I gave it to Jordan James midweek, but I'm going to give it to Mitchell Roberts. Uh, made his debut and he looked comfortable. Actually, he was. Uh, yeah, I know we lost the game two one, um, but he he seemed adept at this level. You yeah, know? I could certainly see him playing in, in that position and and us winning the game. He looked he looked okay. I, if I saw him lining up in the next game. I wouldn't turn around and be, oh, damn it, he's playing, you know? Yeah, yeah. So that's my star and stinker. No, 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 no that's, and that's a really sort of quite a nice positive spin, really, because it's it's promising to see these these younger players stepping up when we need them to, and and it, and it makes you, it, it sort of gives you that, that confidence in the academy again, because there was a wobble a year or two back when they were restructuring the academy and where certain players were being released, and we saw a bit of a... Uh, last at the end of last season, we saw uh, an outpouring. Um, we did. It's a bit of an exodus, wasn't there? Of, of a lot of the young, promising players. But it's it's nice to see there are there are still there's still a, a sort of class coming through of, of players across different positions that can that can step up and and uh, certainly perform at this level. Um, for my <laughs> for my stinker, I'm going to go with Sunjic because um, okay. I think he struggled. I think partly to do with the with Reading's formation, the way that they line up, they sort of they're quite they deep. That, yeah, Jaria and Josh Lawrence in there. Um, I don't know. It seemed like he struggled to, with who to pick up. Looking at some of the stats, he you know he didn't win many of his duels, and and you know for for an enforcer in the middle of the park, he needs to just do his basics and and win them. So again, it's it's a bit of a thankless task though. That kind of role, it's rare that you would say Sunich is a star because. <laughs> he does the the unglamorous side. Yeah, of the he game. does. Yeah, he does. Um, but it, it's it's glaringly obvious when it isn't working, and he's running around like a headless chicken, and that's when he becomes a stinker. So I feel a bit I feel a bit bad picking him, but I think it's important to highlight that that is a crucial of part of the pitch, and, and you have to be winning those duels in the middle. My star, I'm going to give it to Scott Hogan. I think the, anti- the anticipation. I know he got the goal, but the anticipation to pounce on a the, the sort of loose back pass and and to round the keeper and slot it. He's starting to, it looks like to me, like he's got that confidence back again now. He's got I mean, how goals. many, how many times a season have we said that, you know, Scott Hogan is such a confidence player and yeah. And now yeah. he's got his tail up. I think even though, I think in the Swansea game, because he had the ball in the back of the net mm-hmm. uh, and it was ruled out for offside. He had the chance one-on-one and, 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 you know, completely got it wrong. I yeah. think since then he's looked more confident and he, and, and mm. as a result goals are coming his way and yeah and he's yeah. contributing to the team positively which is lovely to see it is it is and he and he puts in such a shift uh, it really goes i think un, unnoticed i think the way that we've lined up the last few weeks with him and mcgree um just behind deeney i think mcgree and hogan are around deeney to provide that extra bit of energy and deeney can just stay that little bit more central and not have to cover as much ground and can just be a nuisance and pin center backs and just use his physicality more um so yeah the energy levels that that hogan and mcgree uh put in 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 the current lineup the current formation it's it can't be uh it can't be ignored so yeah my star scott hogan lovely Um, 
Yeah. Well, just very quickly before we bug the socials and wrap up. Yeah. How many fouls? Don't look it up. How many fouls did Reading have in this game? Do you think? How many, how many fouls, fouls did, they, did they give away? How many times did they foul a Blues player? Uh, well, I know that we put up a load of yellow cards, and I, I don't remember seeing them picking up any. I'm going to say there was one foul. So they fouled us three times with three and times. they picked up one, one yellow card. Right. Blues fouled Reading 14 times in the game. <laughs> Were most of those Harley Dean? <laughs> uh, I imagine at least yeah, probably Sunjic. Sunjic uh, as well. Sunjic is probably up there. <laughs> yeah, I yeah, reckon. Yeah. Uh, but anyway, I just wanted to highlight that because. Uh, there's only there's there's another team that averages a lot of fouls in the English uh, football pyramid, and that is Manchester City. They're known for fouling all tactical, the time. Tactical fouls when they lose. Yeah, absolutely, ball, yeah. absolutely, it is. So um, you know we very we very much play the same way, don't you? That possession. We do. Football. You know that you know that high intensity, octane, mm. controlling the game, yep. comfortably yep. winning. Our yep. fans never need to worry about their blood pressure. <laughs> very rarely periods in games where we don't have control, you know? Absolutely not. We are always, <laughs> always know what we're doing, especially when we're losing. Anyway, uh, so social media. Yeah, so, uh, yeah, socials. We should mention socials. Uh, <laughs> make sure you follow us on Twitter and Instagram at Royal Blue Pod. Um, doesn't matter if you're not a Blues fan or not, please, um, any sort of fan from the Championship or indeed from any any league anywhere that wants to talk about football, we're, we're always happy to discuss various opinions and see what's going on across the football spectrum. Um, and we've also got an email, haven't we, Joe? We do. You know the email by now. Uh, the email the email is royalbluepodcast at gmail.com. Very easy, very simple. Boom. And if Alex knows it, that means that you guys at home definitely know it. Easy. Uh, <laughs> it is very, very <laughs> easy to remember. So, yeah, guys, get at us. And as you said, we're absolutely, we will talk about anything in the football world. Always happy to learn and hear more stupid opinions for us to share and claim as our own. <laughs> I think they get enough stupid opinions from us. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they'll just be sharing back our stupid opinions. <laughs> uh, but yeah, so uh, other than that, uh, it's been a it's been a good show. It has been a good show. Yeah, um, a slightly truncated one, as I said earlier, um, because you know times we're both busy people and time is at a premium. Yeah. But um, yeah, no, good to catch up with you, Joe. Good to talk blues. We've got the international break now. We'll be back with an episode next week previewing. Uh, the upcoming game week when the championship returns to action. Um, and we'll, of course, look at what Blues might want to be doing in the January transfer market, because I think we're starting to feel like the squad is a bit a bit threadbare in some areas. So that's it certainly, all it certainly feels that way. So we'll, uh, we'll get to that in we due will. course. We will. And we'll sign off, as we always do, with Keep Right On. Keep Right On.